0: Mark Stary Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guest tonight's nice adventures through the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Stary, and I'm a 15 plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S T A R Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. Get an extra buck or two, you wouldn't mind tossing the podcast tip jar, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Music Podcast. Also consider helping with the word in the street via social media, five-star rating interview on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by Richie Havens sing songs that move me i'm not in show business i'm in the communications business that's what it's all about for me thanks for tuning in and welcome to the mark Stereo music podcast enjoy Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 138. Thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. Looking to repair and restore receivers, turntables, consoles, cassette players, tube and solid state? Contact Dustin at Hi-Fi Revival at 651-328-0023. My favorite vinyl album to listen to on my Hi-Fi Revival turntable this week is Meloria by Ghost. Coming at you on a beautiful summer day here at my folks' cabin in Turtle Lake, Wisconsin on the first day of teaching summer school. Last week's Geeks Wrap-Up. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Heat coil went out in my car, so big thanks to Jeff for roadieing me to the show. Friday, I had to cancel my monthly ingredients cafe show in order to go see my favorite modern rock band, Ghost, at the Palace Theater in St. Paul. Easily one of the best live shows I've ever seen in my life. Saturday, played a duo show at JJ's Pub in Breezy Point, Minnesota. Great to catch up with two Minnesota music legends, Rick Olson and Billy Larson.
1: Upcoming shows.
0: Wednesday. June 6th, 2018, I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Thursday, June 7th, the Mark Steri Duo will be jamming at Lucky's 13 in Roseville, Minnesota from 4 to 7 p.m. Friday, June 8th, I'll be playing a solo show at Nova in Hudson, Wisconsin from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Saturday, June 9th, Mark Steri Duo will be playing at P.D. Pappy's Poop Deck in Stillwater, Minnesota from 3 to 6 p.m. Sunday, June 10th, I'll be playing a solo show at Paradise in Boston Lake, Wisconsin from 3 to 6 p.m.
1: Guest this week.
0: It's part one of two with folk slash blues guitarist and songwriter Cooker John. We discuss New York City, Hendrix, Muddy Waters, etc. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the Mark Stereo Music Podcast, everybody. We are here today with. Cooker John, the folk blues musician extraordinaire, on a super hot, squelching summer day. We're having a good time here. And how are you doing today there, John?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on your podcast, Mark.
0: Yeah, man. It's been a long time. We're just catching up here about some uh, uh, close calls in the music business here. And uh, I had a chance, uh, I got to see John. Uh, we were playing the St. Saint Paul Saints game, and John was stopping by to say hi to the Brian, the sound guy, yeah. And I happened to stop over to see John play and got to jam a song or two with him. And it was a lot of fun. And we decided to do a show. Yeah. Yeah, man. So what's going on today?
2: Well, today, um, let's see. kind of have a day off today. I'm going to do a gig that I'm not sure why I'm doing it kind of gig t- tomorrow at the Underground Music Cafe. A lot of gigs I do with the mindset that they're practice for real gigs. <laughs> 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 you know? So... Uh, I'm doing that. And then coming up, I have a few things uh, of actual substantive things like um, doing Harold's House Party deal, 331 Club. Cool. I love doing that. And Ben's on that. Bill Granke is playing bass on that. And uh, probably do that as a trio. I might add another guitar player. I'm not sure. I feel honored by all the people here who have worked with me.
0: So, how long have you worked with Ben Kaplan then?
2: Ben and I met at Dunn Brothers. I'd seen him there a couple times. I knew right away he wasn't from Minnesota. And I said, "I just, there's something about this guy. I just got to talk to this guy. And we struck up a conversation, and then um, we started doing some work together. And he's been the most consistent drummer that I've worked with. For and, how many years, you think? Oh, it's probably been 20 years.
0: Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Ben Kaplan, a previous guest here on the Mark Steering Music Podcast, played in a bunch of my albums, a good friend of ours. So we love Ben. He does a good job framing stuff, too.
2: Oh, he's excellent. He's You know, Ben is very together.
0: Absolutely. Yes. So so Cooker John. So I know a lot of blues guys have their names and all that kind of stuff. Right. Where did Cooker John come from?
2: I'll tell you the quick story behind that. Um, I moved here in 1988 to get out of the Big Bad City. And I... Where were you originally from? Well, I was uh, born in Newark, New Jersey, and then I spent a lot of time in New York and in the Poconos, and I was in bands there. That's a whole nother story. Yeah. Um, I could tell you a little bit about that, because it's vaguely interesting. We'll get back to where the cooker came from. Okay. Uh, I had, was in a band in college, and we went into to a studio to make a demo, it turned out that the studio was owned by Albert Grossman's sound man who was managing Peter Paul and Mary, Bob Dylan.
1: If your time you is worth saving, then you better start swimming or you'll sink
2: like a storm. But the times, they are changing. A bunch of other people. It was also a studio where ESP Records had all their artists record, so People like Sun Ra were there, Pearls Before Swine. These are probably names that your younger listeners are unfamiliar with, but these became iconic names over time. So anyway, these people were really hooked up. And before we knew it, we were playing at Asbury Park Convention Hall, and we opened for um, the Love and Spoonful there. <laughs> Gonna meet you on the nice. yeah and this is like nineteen the love and yeah. yeah yeah man. they were they were heroes because my music, my story, my history comes from a folk tradition. Um, my mother had records by people like Josh White and Burl Ives, and these and so that was um, the soup that I was in as a child, and then um and then when I hit about 10, 11 years old, I heard um, The Original Money by Barrett Strong.
1: The best things in life are free, but you can give them to the present and bees. I need fun, I want, that's what what I want,
2: that's what I want. And I kind of lost my mind. And I had these big speakers up on top of my closets in my room. There was a space up there. And I just blasted that song one day. And I think that might have been the first single I ever bought. And then uh, I think the next was Don't You Just Know It by Huey Lewis, which I freaking loved. Not Huey Lewis. Huey, um, oh, it's Huey somebody. I can't remember. It's definitely not Huey Lewis. Loved The Everly Brothers. I have flipped over Little Richard. Um, Jerry Lee Lewis, Pat's domino all these iconic figures. They just all completely blew my mind. So then, jumping forward, I got into playing fo- folk music around uh, 13, 14. I started taking lessons in New York City um, on 48th Street Music Row, and I had a teacher who later went on to become a big folk figure named Artie Traum. and. He- a It was through him that I learned how to finger pick, which I doubt is something I could learn now, but at that age, I have trouble teaching it to people, because it's hard for me to explain what I'm doing, um, but it's the thing that allows me to play solo a lot, because it it creates more than, it creates a sound like there's two guitars opposed to one.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So... Um, so I got in this band in college. I went to college in New York City. And I had friends from high school. And we started a band. And this was the band that opened for the Spoonful. And then we got into the Village Theater, which later became Fillmore East. And we opened for Chuck Berry there. And you know, this was really exciting. And we thought that things were happening.
0: I had that written down, you opened for Chuck Berry. Yeah. yeah we just mentioned Ben Kaplan. He has some classic right. opening for Chuck Berry stories. Yeah. How does your opening for Chuck Berry story compare? Well, is that around 1966 when you, when you put out the song From a Buick? Yes, From a Buick 6. And the band was called The Rain? The Rain, Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um originally called the Down Children after the Sonny Boy Williamson song Mr. Down Child. That's,
0: that's one of my favorite blues songs. <laughs> really? Mr. Down Child. Yeah. Oh my
2: God. Yeah. Well, these guys were deep in the blues. There was this guitar player, Bob Norman. He later became the editor of Sing Out, the folk magazine. And he was an excellent guitarist <sighs> and very knowledgeable about the blues. And he turned me on to that. Actually, he had the first uh Kerner Ray and Glover record. I, they, he showed me that. I said, who the hell are these guys? And the white boys playing the blues, which is what we became. So we did a lot of blues. We did a lot of Stones covers. I actually saw the Stones in that, actu- in that same place, Asbury Park Convention Hall, on their second tour of the States. And like the PA was two Vox columns.
0: You know? Wow.
2: Yeah. And we were the only guys in the whole audience. It was all girls screaming. For the Stones. For the Stones, yeah.
0: So how, how was Chuck then? Did you guys get to meet him at all? Or? Chuck
2: was, Chuck was um, drunk. And what? Yeah.
0: And I don't know, he even drank.
2: You didn't know he drank? No. Yeah, he was drunk. And the band, somehow I had gotten together with a band backstage, and uh, we were engaging in substance abuse backstage. So
0: <laughs>
2: when, they, um, when they came on, they were they were completely altered too, and they weren't following him really well, and uh, he got really pissed off. But he did his duck walk thing. He did he did his shtick, you know. He did his thing, and then he stormed off stage. He was not a happy guy.
0: Wow, but. Did you ever run across, let's say, in the 60s or whatever, Ed, did you ever get to meet any of those old blues guys? Let's say you're talking about Downchild, Sonny Boy, Williamson, which his name is Rice Miller, I think. Wasn't that his real right. name? that was and his that's one name. of my influences on a harmonica of all time. What a character of, of the blues style. Did you ever get to run into any of those classic guys? Well, um,
2: as I mentioned to you the other day, we used to go to a club called the Cafe a Gogo, And at that club, the... Uh, House band was Jesse Colin Young and the Youngbloods, they were the opener. And then they would have major acts. Oh, also Richie Havens was the other opening act.
1: Little darling, it's been a long. long, long Little darling,
2: it's been so long. Since it's been clear. Yeah. He played there. he was basically the opening act. So we saw him all the time. And we used to sit right up front. And we used to go see, we saw Muddy Waters there twice. And I was in the men's room of Cafe Gogo using the facility. And I turned to the guy next to me I said, are you in the Muddy Waters band? And he looked at me and said, I am Muddy Waters. And I flipped out, you know. and I went to reach his hand. He kind of laughed because you know we're shaking hands using urinals, ha, ha, ha. which which reminds me of a good story I wanted to share with you. This guy, this guy um, turned me on to a gig. He said you should go to this club. It's out. This is near Delano. I've been playing gigs in Delano. He said you should go to this club. So I got to the club and the stage is set up between the men's room and the ladies' room, literally, with almost no space between. <laughs> it's one of those little <laughs> portable stages, right? And there's, a, there's a, a bachelor's party taking place. Nobody's paying any attention to what I'm doing. But the humorous part, although it wasn't that humorous at the time, was this men's room had a nuclear urinal cake in it. And it was so strong that it wafted right out of the room, all over, all over the whole room. You know, how I'm going to get sponsored by a urinal cake company and go on tour. But anyway, to get back to the Café Go-Go. So we used to see um, Richie Havens there, the Youngbloods. And then we saw Muddy Waters Band. And then Butterfield played there a lot. So I saw him, and that was with Mike Bloomfield and Elvin Bishop. And Sam Lay on drums. Wow. And I forget who the bass player was. But that was amazing too. So we saw these incredible groups there, and then later, when I was in the city, I moved out of the city, um, and I was recording with a band there. Some friends, uh, Chris and Janet Morris, and we had a deal again where we were making it down on the studio. But this time it was the record plant, and there there were a lot of heavy people working there, and I got to see um, actually got to see Hendrix record there. <laughs> Which was pretty amazing, and also Todd Rudgren was there producing a band, and he was a very sardonic figure. Um... And who else? Oh yeah, and King Curtis. I met him him there. That was kind of amazing.
0: Wow. Uh, yeah. What was Hendrix tracking?
2: The one that I rem- The one time he was having trouble getting a groove. It was just him and the drummer, and they were kind of like jumping from song to song, and just trying things out, and nothing was coming together. And he finally threw everybody out of the studio because they were distracting him. The other time. He was doing overdubs, and I think it might have been Dolly Dagger, but I'm not sure. And he was, had been up all night, and he was also somewhat distracted.
0: Wow. And you said Todd Rundgren was producing it?
2: Yeah, he was producing a group called American Dream there. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. So I went through all those scenes, and I played in a band in the Poconos, Oh, I forgot one thing. When I was living in the Poconos, the local high school hired us to open for Crazy Horse, and that was interesting. So we had these experiences. And that
0: band was called Horse Lips, right? That's right. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That band was called Horse
2: Lips, which is an ingredient in
0: baloney. And that's why you guys named the band Horse Lips? Horse,
2: I didn't name it. It's one of the many other maniacs. In
0: Cooker John and Horse Lips.
2: Horse Lips. No, it wasn't Cooker John. There was no Cooker John there. Cooker John <laughs> didn't start until I got to Minnesota. And I was working at the Day by Day Cafe down on 7th Street there. And I was about to go out and play my first gig. I asked a waitress, what should I call myself? She said, because you know, every third person you meet is named John. She said, call yourself Cooker. And so that's that's how that started. And then really? Yeah, and that's, and that stuck, you know, and there's been a lot of humorous variations about from it too.
0: So you're opening for like Chuck Berry, you're opening for Crazy Horse and stuff, mm. you're releasing singles and things. How did you wind up here in Minnesota?
2: Well, I I've had um, some issues and <laughs> and so i needed to get i needed to get out of there and i came here you know to clean up and my life changed and i liked it here i liked i liked the way things were here and i liked that my music thing you know i had spent a lot of time sitting around dreaming about putting out a cd you know that's what people who are stuck do. They sit around thinking about what they want to do rather than doing it. So when I got here, I started to actualize my dreams. In 95, I released my first CD, Larry's Road Trip, and it won an award, his best new folk album. And on that, I got to work with Noah and Trent and John Duncan, Noah Levy, Trent Norton, John Duncan, and, um, and Joe Savage.
0: Oh, wood. another slide guy, yeah. Joe Pedal Steel Ab- guy. Joe
2: Savitz, another musical genius. And that was actually produced by Stuart Grusen, a uh, son of Dave Grusen, the famous musician, who was also working at Day by Day Cafe with me. <laughs> And we did it, like, on this little quarter-inch tape recorder, and then we took it out to McKinstry's place in Northfield, and we dumped it onto 2-inch audio. And I was very excited about that. And, uh, you know, it created some notice, but it didn't rocket up the charts or anything. And then two years later, I did another one with basically the same people uh, that I called Grocery Store, and that was in 97. And those are the only two releases that I've done in a really formal way. And the rest have been all sort of like the project you were talking about, where you might go into a studio. I had a friend who worked at Gark's studio, and he had us in for a day. And, or do it, you know, record gigs live and stuff like that. But I never went through the process of doing a big, you know, project that was formal okay. after that. Although I have released a bunch of, a bunch of CDs. But they're not, you know. They don't have barcodes on
0: them. I have a bunch of CDs, no barcodes on them either. Do people ever, you ever thought about, um, like, sending them in and having some of those albums put on, like, iTunes so people can download them and all that kind of stuff and you can make some money off that?
2: I've thought about it. (laughs) That's about as far as I've gotten with it.
0: So I always do a story behind the song segment. So I was kind of clicking through your website yeah, and stuff, and you have a bunch yeah. of songs on there they are kind of streaming. Yeah. Is there any, um, like, the songs that really stuck out were the two that I liked was a song called Cocaine?
1: Well, me and my baby go downtown. Police come, knock me down. Cocaine,
0: running around my brain. And Mean, Mean Old World. Mean Old what? Those are both covers. I, I never heard the cocaine one before. Well, that's a really old
2: song. That was done by um, I think the Mississippi Sheiks. That song's from like the late twenties or yeah, late twenties. Okay. And that, um, and it's a great version. And uh, you know, at that time it was legal. You could buy it at a drugstore. So there's a verse in this song. <laughs> there's a verse in this songs, and it goes. I went to Mr. Lehman's, Lehman being the Jewish owner of the drugstore, I went to Mr. Lehman's in a lope, you know, running fast, saw a sign on the window, said, no more dope, you know, when, when they passed the, whatever that law was called. But you, could, uh, you could get what you wanted up until they passed the Anslinger whatever, whatever the hell it was, I don't remember. But that, yeah, but those songs are both covered. Mean Old World is originally sung by T-Bone Walker. Then it was covered by Little Walter. And then the version that I kind of vaguely adapted was on the Dwayne Allman anthology, where him and Clapton were doing a lot of acoustic messing around during the Layla sessions, and they did that song together.
0: So Cooker John, so tell us about the song Grocery Store for the story behind the SOG segment this week.
2: Okay, Grocery Store was a song I wrote um, that kind of pulled together different experiences. I had woken up one morning, and I was looking out the window, and you know how condensation freezes on the window here so you can't see out the window? There's ice on the window. So that kind of got my mind going, and I started thinking about, wow, it's really wicked weather conditions outside, but I don't have to go outside. So there was this long period of my life where I had to go out regardless of what the weather conditions were. Okay, you get my drift. So that was kind of where the germ of the idea for the song began. And the song talks about how am I going to get to where I got to go? Because I've got to go there. The grocery store is a reference to what New York was like in the um, late 70s, early 80s, where there was sort of an open-air market, and people would say, it's like a grocery store. You just go out there and get what you want. So that, that's the theme of the song, is that... And then there's a verse that says, what are you going to do when you can't get it? You're in trouble now. You can't quit it. So it's that whole thing about addiction and being out of addiction, being out of the box of addiction and having choices. And then what I based it on musically was, I'd been listening to a lot of uh, these Yazoo albums about music from St. Louis from the 20s and there were artists on it there. But they had this thing where they did this little figure, this musical figure. (laughs) I'm gonna get to where I gotta go With this house on my window I saw on my window pane, And you can't get down, baby To your grocery store What you gonna do, baby You're in trouble now, honey. You can't quit. It Got that. I saw on your window. I saw on your window pane. And you can't get down, baby, to your grocery store. It's like that. So it's that figure. And he snaps it, you know, he, he's like, he hits it like that. What a beautiful song! Oh, thank you.
0: That's oh. like my my bass player and drummer and I were sitting and listening to you at that at your show on the, on Saturday. We were like they're like I could listen to this guy all day long. Oh, <laughs> I'm like I could too. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. All right, yeah. Cooker John. Thanks for being on the Mark Stear Music Podcast. Please tune in next week, everybody, for part. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times and the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. This is a listener-supported podcast, so if you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast enjoyed some of the musical edits on the show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also if you get a chance, please go check on slide music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short, go have some fun. Till next time.